President's Day edition of the Brad and Britcast. Thank you for uh, joining us here. We're live in the 1.30 Eastern hour. And uh, let's start with our uh, best wishes and thoughts and prayers to Jimmy Carter. I thought this was actually a time, a moment mm. where you can say that and not sound like an, an insensitive moron ignoring the importance of every other problem. You know, when there's a mass shooting, thoughts and prayers, but do nothing about the guns, right? Right. If, 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 there's, a, if there's a natural disaster, thoughts and prayers, but I'm voting against the aid because you need to cut some other program to to aid people in a state that is dominated by the opposite party of which I serve. But with Jimmy Carter, he's 98 and uh, thoughts and prayers and the rest. Now, uh, my first, this will be my second attempt to attend something with a president or a would-be presidential candidate or an actual presidential candidate in 19... 76 i was a junior at the ohio state university jimmy carter was flying into columbus ohio so me and a few other people uh, went over to the airport and we saw him but my recollection and as you know i really have essentially lost all memories of my entire life i just try to dredge up what i can yeah Uh, I, I think this was a, one of those things where he was behind a fence. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, it wasn't a, a, a touchy-feely thing, but, but we, did go to, we did go to see him. And uh, I said this to you a couple of years ago when we went. I highly recommend, I highly recommend the Carter Library in uh, Atlanta. It's, it's a great visit for a couple of hours, and it... You know, he's got that replica of the uh, of the resolute desk with the uh, the buck stops here thing on it that, that Harry Truman had and the you know, mock up of the Oval Office. It's really cool. It's it's really cool. And um, you realize now that uh, there's never going to be a story like that no. where a uh, complete unknown, a true no. unknown governor from what was then uh, kind of a. a a second tier state, Georgia, would be able to, to, to punch through and become what, what Jimmy Carter did. And I think that upon uh, revisiting everything, um, this idea of using him as some measuring stick for, well, you're as bad as Carter is bullshit. I reject it. And um, it's it's just not true. And, 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 and first of all, um, he did forget the lie. And he said, I would never lie to you. That's his first problem. He didn't lie. <laughs> we, know, we know that's an issue. And, and he's got to do better as a helicopter pilot um, when he's flying those helicopters to uh, rescue American hostages. He did a shitty job. He crashed them. And he, he paid that price. And he's got to do a better job of keeping the price of oil down because when he raised it and made everybody wait in gas lines, well, that was just a bad move, and and that's why Ronald Reagan beat him. So oh, uh, if he could have just solved those problems Brit, and got yeah. rid of that stupid brother of his, Billy, um, that he he might have been a, a two term president. There's a by the way, they've, the National Park Service has perfectly in Plains, Georgia, 
uh, preserved his brother's service station. If you go down there to look, they've got like everything, like the way it was when Billy left it. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a Mayberry kind of thing, right? It really is. I mean, cause they've got the family farm there and they've got his dad's store and you know, it's such a uniquely American story. And you're right. I think even if he had finished in 1981 and he had gone for 40 years and just fished, you would still have to go back and reassess what he did to this country and how that four-year period of him in office was so essential to this country healing from Watergate. Just for example, you'd have to think that was such an incredible experience. And, and you, you never get credit for that. Never, ever. You, you, um, you, you never get credit for that. I don't know if you were reading. You were probably reading a lot of stuff over the weekend. This 1974 speech that he gave. In front of the law school at the University of Georgia. Are you familiar with this? No. This is the one that turned Hunter S. Thompson on to him. Um, Ted Kennedy is at, I think it's Law Day at the University of Georgia's law school. So they have all the distinguished alumni. It's just like not a bunch of ambulance chasers. It's also a bunch of judges and district attorneys and just big wigs. And mostly, as you might imagine, all white, very white. And he gives them a speech from a layperson's perspective because, I mean, he was only a nuclear physicist, a nuclear scientist and an engineer. He wasn't a lawyer, but he talks about a lot of the things that we talk about today, how unfair the system is for people of color, people who are poor. And he tells these people to their faces, well, a lot of you guys, when Dr. King was out here talking about what he was doing to try to help out the average person, you guys weren't so receptive to that. And it's it's an amazing speech. It really is. You should go and, and hunt that. It's very easy to find. The audio of it's a little dicey, but there's some of that too. And it makes you realize that this guy really was, people are going to give you the aw shucks thing, which I think he kind of he kind of liked as far as like people underestimating him. He was so intelligent and he was so, I'm sorry, woke. He was so aware of what was going on societally, even though he hadn't necessarily experienced himself. It it really is, as you say, a tremendous, unique American experience. You should look that up. You should see exactly what he did. One, I mean, an intelligence quotient that's off the fucking charts. This guy was easily one of the smartest guys we've ever had in the Oval Office. By by a mile. And uh, the decision and the choice that we had in 1980 and the road that we took, it it, it is almost heartbreaking because you see all of the stuff that happened Mm, during the Reagan era opened up the Pandora's box to all the shit that we saw during Trump. It's just it it, it really is kind of heartbreaking. Um, Not to mention the the economic turn that the oh, country yeah. made oh yeah in 1980 to uh, deregulate everything now carter did under him they did deregulate the uh, airlines and probably some of the railroads and things of that sort um but that was nothing compared to what was about to happen when ronald reagan um got in there so you could make the argument that uh 1980 when carter leaves office that is the uh, end of a new deal kind of uh economics which yeah. is trying to uh distribute to the lower class folks in this country and with reagan it it trickled up it was trickle up economic, yeah, the- even though it was sold as trickle down economics and we're we're kind of still there 
right kind of still there um the but, disparity between the poor and the rich obviously yeah. that 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 again that road went in very different right. directions in 1980 right. right um i make uh i certainly would make no apologies if i was a a, a jimmy carter voter these days you don't have to you don't have to apologize for a second as opposed to being say a nixon voter right <laughs> or a trump voter or, or trump voter exactly <laughs> no, no question about it but um if you go back the track track record on jimmy carter is he goes into hospice he'll be there for two years okay (laughs) we thought he was gone five years ago Uh, these cancer things just the toughest guy yes toughest guy ever so so. if you read about the uh, 1970 governor's race in georgia he actually does some race baiting and he actually does placate some of the racists because the fact is you can't really be elected governor in a Southern state in 1970 without at least giving a head bob to the racists. Now he immediately redeems himself and he was thoroughly embarrassed by the stuff he did in 1970. And I think he more than acquitted himself in his public life after that. Uh, but he, he's just a, the stuff that he did after he got out. Of, I think we're all aware of the stuff that he did after he got out of office, which saved so many lives, millions of people's lives around the globe. I mean, I, I, when he passes, I believe so many nations in Africa are going to be in the morning as well. Millions of people all over the continent of Africa. And you you uh, you forgot the end point to this. This will be one more major, important funeral that you know who. Oh, that's great. Will not be at. Well, will, it'll, not, it'll, be at, it'll, will not be invited to, and, and it wouldn't go if he if he did. Well, he can't. I mean, pr- first of all, he can't deal with the 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 amount of emotion and love that's going to be shown toward jimmy carter he it's 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 he can't deal with it there's no way that's going to be able to register for him and it'll drive him absolutely apeshit and to see every other living president except him uh it's going to drive him crazy but it's completely appropriate that he never be invited anything ever again in his life especially the funeral of one of the best men this country has ever produced so, so you're down to, to to Bill Clinton, Obama, and George W. Bush, right? As well as well as Joe Biden, of course, the current president. Yeah, right. Um, so, it's a, the club is a is about to get um, a little bit smaller. Uh, you know, when we were done with our previous Brad and Brit cast on Thursday, the uh, the details, the delightful details of the emails and the text messages from uh, the Fox folks uh, to each other that revealed that uh, they knew everything, they knew the truth, and they lied and they lied and they lied in service to being fearful that they would lose viewers to Newsmax, which they were doing. And it was uh, demonstrable minute by minute that uh, any time that they would even come close to telling the truth. And this goes back to one of our fundamental building blocks about Fox, which is uh, if you tell the truth, you get punished. If you lie, you win. And that's Trumpism also, right? Telling mm-hmm. the truth is is not a good thing. Telling a lie helps you with, with, uh, with Donald Trump and uh, Trumpism. So... Uh, the the revelations, we don't have to go through all of them. Uh, everybody that is watching us or listening to us already has heard this done 12 times by 46 other people. 
So, so we don't have to do this. The, the interesting part of this going forward to a, a verdict when the, uh, the jury really is out and, and comes back will be the, does this change anything? Let's say there's a, a, a couple billion dollar judgment against Fox. And even $2 billion is enough to get your attention. It does. Rupert Murdoch. I, I see that a lot because they're like, well, they have six on hand. No, no. A billion and a half, billion six, two billion. It, it does. It makes a difference. It hurts. If you're, right. Unless you're Apple. Apple can drop two billion on the sidewalk. But right. That's fine. <laughs> right. But, uh, um, but this will not put them out of business. It won't do anything of, of the sort. Um, and they have, as effectively as they've been able to, tried to embargo the whole story off of uh, the television network They've tried. and off of their website. That's right. It does not exist. Never happened. It did not, it, it, it did not happen. It is irrelevant. And I wanted to check to make sure. So last night on their website, I put into their search engine Dominion. And what comes up are stories about Old Dominion basketball. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the only references to Dominion and the lawsuit are the stories that are two years old that reference the fact that that company instantly was pushing back to the lies, but those are two years old. They went away. So they have decided to try to tough this out by not acknowledging the truth. Uh, this is not unlike what Vladimir Putin does in Russia, right? The whole goal is to stomp out all independent sources of truthful information and uh, just believe me, uh, we will tell you the truth. But even there, inside Russia, you know, there are people who do speak the truth. Some of them get away with it. Some of them get hauled off. Um, and it is very Trump-like. The walls are closing in at a certain level. That's not to say this is going to change their outlook. This is not to say this is going to change their take or their motives or what they will continue to do no matter what kind of judgment is is leveled against them god forbid they get exonerated here that that uh, you know the standard is so high for defamation that uh the jury doesn't convict but they do not have to have a unanimous uh, uh jury here in this particular case because this is not a criminal case uh so that's bad for them Okay, because normally they, you can always find one person to to uh, maybe come to your side in something like this. But I don't think that's that's going to happen here. And I think they are going to get tagged because the evidence is just so overwhelming. So the question is, does anyone does anyone who's a, a fox in the tanker upon actually finding out about the news? And let's assume for discussion purposes that 25 percent of their audience knows about this they, they, they know about it because you know the fox viewer every one of them isn't only a fox viewer there there is some back they're not all just just uh 
uh, glued to to one channel all the time. But some I think they just see that. the I think they just see the headline. Oh, some text. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to move away from that. I don't well, think I they go into it. I don't think I, they see. I, I understand that, but I don't think they actually appreciate what this, fucking phonies these people are. I know, but but this is just a little bit different. It's just a little bit different than having media matters. George Soros's people tell you Fox does this, Fox does that, and we've been telling you they've been lying to you for twenty years. We knew that was bullshit. We never believed that for a second. We love Fox. This is different. This is not just them saying that about Fox. This is Fox itself being laid bare to the world, being stripped to the world, emailing and texting each other that Sidney Powell is out of her fucking mind. Rudy is crazy. Trump's full of shit. And then going on TV and telling you something different. This is like being in a relationship where someone is constantly telling you that they love you, yet at the same time, they're doing that little thing. You see them in 1930s film norm. They're putting a little bit more arsenic in your tea each time. Yeah, they're turning down the lights a little bit more. What? <laughs> what? Uh, who? You, by the way, just personally, don't you think, I, I'm going to just say it, I think the person who comes out as the biggest fucking phony in all of those was Tucker Carlson. He looks way phonier than like Hannity or uh, Laura Ingram or any of the rest of them. To me, he, he's like the biggest phony of all time. But I don't uh, think they make, I don't think your Fox viewer makes the extrapolation was that, oh, they were lying to me about this, thinking one thing, but I don't think they're doing it now. Like, I don't think anybody goes, well, gee, I don't think Tucker really thinks they're taking away our gas stoves. I don't think, I don't think the Fox viewer really appreciates that this is how they operate on a normal basis, that they believe not crazy shit, but go with crazy shit on the air. Well, but wait, you're actually arguing in favor of the fact that these revelations start to chip away and undercut other subjects. They should. When when he gives that puppy dog look into the camera, Tucker Carlson every night. You you should be scared. Right. Um, Everything is is up for the interpretation of he doesn't really believe this shit. Yeah. We'll see see how far it it penetrates in there. Because remember, their business model is uh, keep on lying. Just keep on feeding them what they want to hear. They want to hear that shit. We're it going with the truth be damned. And I don't think there's any critical. I don't think the Fox viewer goes, yeah, this CRT stuff. I don't think he really believes it's dangerous. I don't, I don't, I don't, I think that they're like the credibility gap or whatever. doesn't really matter. I think you're giving more credit to Fox viewers. If you think that they distinguish that, that they are, they think that they are watching wrestling. They, they don't think they're watching wrestling. No, they think it's real. They no, they think it's real for sure. They would have been the guys who were waiting outside the Greensboro Coliseum or the mid South Coliseum. And they would have, you know, stabbed somebody. They would have stabbed the bad guy on the way to the car. For sure, they think it's – no, I don't think they – I don't. I, that's what I'm saying is I don't think they discern that at all. I don't think they look at this situation where clearly they were saying one thing privately and have said – testified to one thing, and yet they were spouting complete bullshit on the air, all in, all the time. What about that revelation, by the way, that the Fox executives made a really responsible move and did not allow Donald Trump to go on air January 6, 2021 on Fox Business? They, they just said, no, I'm sorry. We can't let you do that. <laughs> what about that revelation? He tries to get on the Lou Dobbs show. You get in the no middle credit. Of- 
No, you don't. You get no, you get zero. Credit. No, it's bullshit. It's complete and total bullshit. Because if he gets a, if he gets on Lou Dobbs, first of all, nobody's gonna see it. But fine, everybody will carry the clips. Most likely, he pours gas on the fire. He ends up rambling and saying something that causes them to get more people up there and reinforcements to really ransack the Capitol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love that, that. that. That's where they drew the line, Britt. <laughs> we, we, like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? We need to acknowledge that. Now, uh, let's let's bring it all the way up to uh, this past weekend and uh, to today, because even on Friday, even on Friday, when the news had already been out for a, a full day, when the emails and the, the text messages and the just blatant, beyond defensible lying was put out there for the whole world as part of the discovery process in this defamation suit by Dominion voting machines. Friday night, Tucker Carlson got on TV, of course, not mentioning any of that, but looking straight into the camera and repeating one of the the uh, great nothings, one of the great lies, one of the great distortions, one of the great irrelevancies of the 2020 election, which is, so how is it that Joe Biden, this senile old goat who knew nothing, got 15 million more votes than Barack Obama, that rock star, that guy who the crowd surf was so popular. How did, how did Joe Biden do that? And he cocked his head and he said the same thing. Of course, you know, Trump got a lot more votes than he got yeah. in the previous election, too. And it was a huge turnout election. That's the simple answer to it. Yeah. But to your right, the undiscerning Fox viewer, you know, that makes some sense. You know, Where did those extra 15 million votes right. come from? Yeah, yeah. But so he's still doing it. He's still lying. And today we learn that he and the Republican Party hierarchy pipeline is alive and well, alive and well, as Kevin McCarthy has turned over 41,000 hours of surveillance footage from January 6th, most of which you haven't seen, Britt, <laughs> from the attack on the Capitol. Now, Carlson TV producers were on Capitol Hill to begin digging through the trove, which includes multiple camera angles from all over Capitol grounds. So here's the bottom line. They will spend plenty of time and use all of their skills to concoct a story that is completely the opposite of everything we know about January 6th. Because with enough footage from enough angles, you can do enough clever editing to completely change the story. And it is my prediction. And remember, this is Tucker Carlson. He doesn't want to talk about what he really did and what his network really did to stoke the doubts and create the atmosphere along with Donald Trump and other people that did lead to January 6th. No, he doesn't want to talk about that at all. He wants to go back to the original bullshit that started to uh, fall out immediately, immediately after January 6th. Um, you recall, and 
uh, I made some notes on this. The game is to reinforce for the Fox brainwashed brigade the lie that the riot and attempted coup were, were not those things at all. Hmm. That it really was a standard tourist visit gone awry. Sanctioned and enabled by, write these down. Ready? These are the people you're going to be able to blame after you see Tucker Carlson and the Fox editors <coughs> get a hold of the raw footage. Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, all to make Trump look bad. Um, the DNC, the Capitol Police, the FBI, the CIA, the Maryland National Guard, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Rachel Maddow, Angela Davis, the Black Panthers, the new Black Panthers, and the Wakanda Revolutionary Guard all got together to create what happened on January 6th as a gigantic false flag event to deny Donald Trump his rightful place as a reelected president. That's what Tucker Carlson is doing right now, Britt. Right trying. now. He's giving it a shot. Uh, by the way, did you see the uh, the ruling that the Fox lawyers are leaning on, the Sullivan versus New York Times? Are you familiar with this case? I know it was a, a yeah, landmark, sure. but are you familiar with the actual details of it? Of Sullivan or, or of this? Of Sullivan, they're, they're, the, 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 the one that they're using as their justification, and that's what they're leaning on. That's what the Fox lawyers are what, saying. What, what provision of that, that ruling are they, are they trying to? Well, uh, it happens that in 1960, there was an ad that was placed in the New York Times by some civil rights people who were supporting Dr. King, and they got some factual things wrong, like um, the dates that Dr. King was, um, right. the number of times that King had been arrested, and songs the protesters had sung. So what happened was the commissioner of police in Montgomery, Alabama, he sued the New York Times for libel, right? He sues the New York Times because this was the strategy of a lot of folks in the South is they tried to punish the media and keep them from covering the way that they were treating black folks. Right. That's what and they did. So the basis here of the lawsuit is yes. there were some factual errors about dates and things of that Correct. sort. And the Sullivan ruling, if I'm correct here, said, sorry, that that's not good enough to win a lawsuit for for uh, for for slander or libel. Um, you have to show intent. You have to malice. show uh, uh, malice. You have to show reckless disregard correct. for the truth. And if I if I say January instead of uh, February in an ad, that's hardly reckless uh, disregard for the truth and that's why the standard is so high so for fox right now exactly to try to use that example and that ruling as uh any kind of defense Correct. of their intentional with malice Correct. lying and creation and suborning of of false evidence that didn't exist by people that they knew were lying, there couldn't be a wider gap between what you just described in 1960 exactly. leading to that Supreme Court ruling a couple years later and uh, what Fox is doing. I think they're going to lose. I think I so. they're going to lose this one. Everybody goes, well, it's such a high standard. They might be able to get away with it. Mm. Yeah, but that's true until it's not true. And sometimes when the evidence hits you over the head, like an anvil in a Warner Brothers cartoon movie hitting the uh, 
the coyote, there's no other way to rule. And I think they're going to they're going to pay um, reputationally with the world. And, and I think this is the uh, important thing here. Let's dial back all of uh, two weeks, two weeks, not even two weeks. Joe Biden said, I'm going to pass sitting down with Fox before the Super Bowl. Correct. Right. And uh, there were some people, a lot of people, including Democrats, who said, that's a mistake. You're losing out on a chance to reach an audience that yeah, might right. not normally hear you. And remember, this is Fox TV. It's the Super Bowl. This isn't the Fox News audience that's watching the pregame at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. This is lots of other people. However, it was going to be, I'm sure, an interview that would have been conducted by a quote-unquote straight newsman, uh, Brett Baer, yeah. or or one of the people left that uh, supposedly carries that moniker that hasn't quit yet, like Chris Wallace or Shepard Smith. They left the building a couple years ago. They couldn't stand it anymore. They, they'd already made enough money from Rupert Murdoch. It was time to move on. Um, but Brett Baer who continues to be positioned as a so-called voice of reason, he's full of shit too, okay? Because he knew, he knew, and a couple days after the election in 2020, he was saying, look, Biden won this. We have to keep saying this. And what did he do on the air? Nothing. He did nothing. He didn't quit. He didn't stand up for what was right. He went along to get along. That's right. Uh, so I'm sorry. So Joe Biden. Now, two weeks later, we've uh, just learned about what Fox News was really all about. Good for him. He doesn't have to go on Fox. OK, there are other politicians of lesser rank that can do that. There can be Democratic operatives. But I think all of them, all of them should bring up these emails. They should bring up this lawsuit before we continue on. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, Tesla and the cars blowing up. Uh, what do you think of Elon Musk, Democratic Congressman uh, John Garamendi from California? He was just on. I saw him an hour ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they brought him on to uh, talk about Biden over in Ukraine and then the train uh, wreck in Ohio. And shouldn't Pete Buttigieg have been there? Why isn't he going there? And uh, Garamendi just, you know, He's, he's a good congressman, and he says the right things. But it's like spitting into the wind. It goes away, and it doesn't affect anything. You need to get in their faces every time you're on Fox Live, where they can't edit you out, and bring these things up. They need to be answering for this. You need to poke through and penetrate their audience. And if Fox's answer is, we're never, ever going to have a Democrat on our network again, ever, because they keep doing this every time we bring them on, Good. So be it. So be it. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't normalize that network. And that's what people have been doing forever. And Bill Maher, God love him, got tickets to see him. But he tried to put and he sometimes he gets people on that are too smart for him that won't take his bait. And he tried his best to lead Ari Melber the uh, six o'clock host on MSNBC and a lawyer and a smart guy down the road of acknowledging the 
worst whataboutism, both sides-ism, shibboleth of them all, which is, you know, there's Fox on this side and MSNBC on this side. You know, they're both the same. I know. They, they both lie, they, no. right? No. And he was trying to get Ari Melber to defend MSNBC as he wouldn't take the bait. He was too smart for it. And that's why you're not seeing any articles subsequent to Friday night about Bill Maher and Ari Melber because Melber wouldn't take the bait. He wouldn't go there because it's, as we like to say, it's too stupid to talk about. It is stupid, stupid. It's too stupid to talk about. This isn't a question of, is MSNBC a liberal network? Of course they are. No. But that has nothing to do with the fact that uh, the day after the uh, Super Bowl, MSNBC said that the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Chiefs. And our audience likes Philadelphia. We're just going to keep telling them that Philadelphia won that game. And they're not going to know because they only watch us. And they don't believe anyone else. That's how stupid well. Fox Thinks the, their audience is that they could lie about the results of the election for months and months and years and get away with it. The, the offset of the insurrection on January the 6th is that the whataboutism for that was always the protest during the summer of 2020 over George Floyd. So if you truly believe that MSNBC is responsible for fueling the protests and the burning of police cars and the breaking of five windows in Portland or whatever, then yes, you can, yes, they're, they're absolutely equivalent. Then they're the same thing, which is stupid and even too dumb for Bill Maher to even juncture down a fake outrage kind of uh, avenue. It's dumb. Yep. 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 We should talk about uh, President Biden's visit. Uh, this weak, dementia-filled old man going to Kiev when his advisors told him, don't go to Kiev, go close to Kiev. But he said, fuck it. I'm going to go there and I'm going to meet with Zelensky. Well, see, here's the thing. If you go to... Um, or TripAdvisor, yeah. or you go to Booking.com, if you get the hotel downtown Kiev, it's so much cheaper. <laughs> you stay out in the suburbs, it's, 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 it's expensive. So he went for the, the bargain rate and decided to go there. Look, I, I saw a piece today in the National Review, no fan of Joe Biden, uh, by a columnist there. And he said this is not equivalent to Obama going to Afghanistan or uh, George W. Bush going to Iraq during the war, or uh, Trump went to, where'd he go? Iraq one time, he snuck in, snuck out. No, this is equivalent to FDR going to Europe, mm. middle of World War II, yeah. during an active war. This doesn't happen very often. I mean, it took physical courage. Uh, and as of this morning, at least on their website, how did Fox try to uh, cover up the obvious courage of the story they went with the only thing that really matters which is that we clued in the russians a couple of hours before biden went so that uh, they wouldn't inadvertently bomb a train right. or blow something out of the sky because that would start world war three and uh, even vladimir putin decided yeah that's probably not a good idea and that was the only thing that the fox folks were originally told i did see some coverage earlier in the afternoon on TV that was a little bit better. It was almost normal, 
But wait, aren't but, we? But it killed them. It just are, killed them to do it. You aren't just, we getting? Who was the first guy to break his fucking finger? Bring, putting a tweet out, going, "He'll go to Ukraine, but he won't go to Ohio." Who was that guy? Surely to God, that's got to be the Fox angle on this, doesn't it? You're going to uh, be well, disappointing the shit out of me, Fox people. Oh, you're, you you're don't way do that. Marjorie Taylor Greene did that. Thank God. Uh, thank by, by the way, you're you're only half right because if. Why is he uh, not going to Ohio, and why isn't he down on the border? Our border. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got both. You got two options there. Right. He goes to Ukraine, but he won't go to El Paso. Okay. Well, right. I, that makes sense. I get it. Right. Um, which, by the way, he already did. Of course. But that did. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Now, this is this is him. I don't give a shit who you are. Sub- objectively, if you look at him and you, you, on President's fucking day, mind you. President's Day, he goes over and he says, fuck you, Putin. He gives a big thumb in the eye to Putin. Like Donald Trump would get down on his knees and blow Putin on the hour, every hour. And this guy goes over there. He looks presidential as shit. He looks great. They can't do anything about it. All they can do is throw these little pebbles. That's all these motherfuckers can do is throw these little pebbles at this guy that they continue to underrate who continues to kick their ass. Sorry, but that's what's going on. Well, I have a, I have an anticipatory take here. Maybe it's already happened. You know, you can't read everything. You can't see everything that everybody's saying, but um, since Trump and try to figure out the thinking here, since Trump announced, what was it, Friday or Saturday, that he was going to go to uh, East Palestine, Ohio, okay, where the, yeah. the, uh, the train wreck occurred, that, well, Biden just went to Ukraine because he was afraid that Trump was going to get all this credit for taking that trip to Ohio. So oh, he was trying to Bigfoot Trump. Oh, he just, he's just trying to distract. He's trying to distract from the greatness of Trump. Uh, Trump's controlling the agenda. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I love the fact that Trump is going there. This is great because there's no way. There is no way that there aren't going to be some people that are going to get through there who know already the truth. You haven't been able to censor this truth about how during his administration, uh, regulations for safety and improved braking systems on trains that are two miles long, like this one, uh, were rolled back. And it's not 100% provable yet, but it's certainly in the mix of contributory factors to why this wreck happened as badly as it did, because this train was not outfitted with the, the most modern equipment. And if he gets that question, what do you think is going to happen? If someone shouts that at him, well, first of all, he'll ignore it. Or second of all, the, the person will be taken out and roundly beaten to a pulp. Um, but uh, what, what are you thinking in going there? What do you, what do you, th- the, the, the guy who was the worst consoler in chief in American history yeah. he really was, he was just yeah. the worst at oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. You know, b- besides the throwing paper towels at the people in, in <laughs> Puerto Rico, Rico yeah. and, and just uh, looking out of place every time he would go after a hurricane or, or, or something of 
Oh, well, the, the, fu- cool. the funeral in Fayetteville last month, for fuck's sake. I mean, it was horrible at that. Yeah. <laughs> it was so horrific. What, what, what's the... Uh... What's the mindset here? And I got to go to Ohio. This is an opportunity. Biden hasn't been there yet. I'm going to yeah. go. What? What? Really? Well, he's. I mean, what he's reduced to is bitching about DeSantis on on Truth Social for hours a day. Yeah. And, or, or that's maybe that, also the, the fact that that uh, that Buttigieg hasn't gone there, so he can make some gay slur jokes while sure, he's there. Sure, he can do that stuff. Um, did you see the? New York Post story about DeSantis that Trump was bitching about. Have you read that? Which one? It's it's it is the greatest blowjob in the history of blowjobs that the New York Post gave to fucking Ron DeSantis over the weekend. It's a Carly Simon level. I'm trying to think of people with huge mouths. Oh, so it's it's the kind of stuff they used to write about Trump. <laughs> exactly. And, and now lost. they have a new girlfriend. They have a new girlfriend. It's yeah. it's this humble guy, and he grew up in Dunedin, and he's over there, and he's doing this job. And as a kid, he's picking up matchsticks, and he's doing whatever he can. And the people in Dunedin just love his. By the way, Dunedin's a very lovely community in Florida. It's where the Toronto Blue Jays have spring training. Go visit. I can't believe this asshole came from there. But it, he's just he he worked so hard when he was in college. And by God, he'd deliver pizzas and he'd wash dishes. And oh, he's just done. And these people come up to him all the time, Brad. They come up to him in Florida and they say, "We moved here because of you, because of what you've done for this state." I mean, it's you can't blow anybody harder than the New York Post blew Ron DeSantis this week, and it just killed. Donald well, Trump. It just I certainly hope Donald Twitter Trump. didn't send that one out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and it just it Donald Trump died a thousand deaths and he was just just killing. Oh my god, DeSantis this and he's a fake and he's a rhino and he's How many times can you make the same stupid mistake? All right. The New York Post it it's the New York Post. It really is not a widely read public it really is no it, it just it truly is it is not an influential it it just isn't but it becomes so if you bitch and whine about something specifically and you send people there to to a sample it or look at it who otherwise might not so uh w- way to go way to go don <laughs> hasn't the new york post been a joke for at least 50 years hasn't it no, been like 50. A- no not 50 uh you know it was it was in the hands of the the uh, Schiff family, not yeah. It's another Schiffs of New York, and was a very very liberal paper um, up until uh, must have been the late seventies, mid to yeah. late seventies, when uh, I think Murdoch bought it for the first time because he bought it, he sold oh, it, he bought it back, yeah. Um, and of course that that changed it into the uh, cheap sleazy tabloid that uh, we know it to be today but it was actually a, a, a very respected paper remember it was one of the three surviving daily papers in a city that used to have 10 12 15 of them Jeez. through most of the first part of the 20th century and then as newspapers started to go away and then they had a crippling strike a newspaper strike in i have to remember what year it was either 68 or 71 something like that and uh, there were no newspapers for a couple of months in new york and out of that, there are only three soldiers standing, the New York Post, the Daily News, and the New York Times. Um, and then the Post was, was sold shortly after. 
So it uh, continued to survive. But remember, the New York Post was founded by Alexander Hamilton. Correct. Alexander Hamilton, uh, who, you know, uh, Hamilton said, I want a newspaper and I want a Broadway play. Okay. I'm going to start the newspaper now. I'm going to wait 227 years for the play. I want front row seats. <laughs> and if I can have a, a, a cast of mostly people of color portraying my yeah. life story with music, uh, hippity hoppity music that hasn't even been invented yet, that would be great too. If I could just do that, that'd be cool. That's exactly right. 